brisk fall morning. Sound of dry leaves as we walk through them and shadows and light. Here in our meditation hall, candles burn down, emitting light. We compost by virtue of our Yongmenjongjin participation. Opening Buddha's eyes, always opening Buddha's eyes. Each moment. time, each of you will have an opportunity to read uh, some of the issues of Spring Wind, which have been produced by the Buddhist Society over the last three, four decades. The early ones are the most juicy, (laughs) because um, in them, uh, uh, at least in my humble opinion, Sunim recounts what he calls tales from the land of morning calm. So we, when I remember whenever we would get the next issue of, of Spring Wind, yeah, they would, uh, uh, we would always look right to the section of the tale for, for the tale from the land of morning calm. So this is one that I think is a partic- particularly applicable in our time, in the world, in our country, perhaps even in our lives. It's a metaphor for many things. It's about a a lady, a very good, robust, full-of-life lady who lived with her husband and children and mother. in a small house in the countryside in Korea. And um, her mother was ill, and so she took care of her along with the rest of the family until they all stood and knelt beside her bed when she died. And then her husband said, well, I'll go out. uh, Feeling very sad, but I'll go. And he put his chige on his back. It's kind of like a backpack, a wooden backpack. And um, he said, I'll go and get some wood so we can make a coffin, so we can have a 
a fire and cremate. And uh, so he went off, and uh, he didn't come back uh, as predicted within a few hours. And uh, so she began to be very worried. And she decided that uh, her children, they were quite young, but they would be okay. She must go and look for her husband. So she went, and she uh, uh, was out for hours and hours. And eventually, she came across his traces. He had been attacked by a tiger, and just his remains were there with his chige, his backpack. And she was just devastated. Not only her mother, but now her husband eaten by a tiger. So she picked up the chige. She could not bring herself to do the whole, bring his remains back, his remains back. And she walked back, and she felt like she needed to get to her children. And when she came back, the house was on fire. And her children were lost in the house fire. Well, she was just devastated. We can only think of, uh, just as I say, a metaphor for similar situations around the world where people are just devastated by what happens in their lives. And so sometimes what we just have to do when things are so bad, it's so challenging, is to just do the next thing. So she went to see the priest at the temple. It took her a little walk because they were out in the country. And um, she went up to him and she told him all of the things. And, and uh, she said, please, will you do a funeral for my family? And uh, he said, of course, of course. And she said, okay. He said, okay, so we'll do it soon. She said, well, I have to go and take revenge on the tiger. So uh, when I get back from that, I must avenge you know, my husband's death. And the priest said, no, 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 you cannot do that. You, just, you, you must do 10,000 prostrations. So she was so intent on getting revenge, but she had to pay attention to the priest. There was something in her about that. So, okay. So she went to the Buddha hall, and all of her tears came out, and her grief, and, and it took her some days, but she did 10,000 prostrations. So she reported again to the priest that she finished her prostrations. And now she was going to get the tiger. He said, no, no. <laughs> he said, you need to do some chanting of the Heart Sutra. So she, she was a little resistant. She was a feisty lady, you know. But she was, didn't quite know what to do with her situation. <clears throat> and uh, so she 
obediently went to the Buddha hall again, and uh, she she took the Heart Sutra. Mahabanya Paramilda. Korean goes. Bodhisattva of great compassion perceived the emptiness of all five skandhas and delivered all beings from suffering. There's some beautiful lines. So she got so involved with the Heart Sutra, just repeating it over and over again, chanting it. Whatever she was doing, there was the Heart Sutra. And um, one day, she was very immersed in it, and she had to go out to the outhouse. And uh, it's interesting, when I was in Korea, after doing 3,000 prostrations uh, at one point, um, I... uh, in the midst of it all, had to go to the outhouse. And in the midst of practice, no matter, you have to go sometimes. And um, so after these, doing so many, I was, my legs were so bad, I had to crawl down the stairs of the, the temple backwards. And <coughs> the outhouse was in the middle of a, a field. And uh, when I got there, I was with uh, my Dharma sister, Jagwan, and there was a sign on the outhouse. And it was in character, calligraphy. And so I said to Jagwan, what does it say? And she, she looked at it and she said, Pavilion for relieving anxiety. <laughs> it's a kind of beautiful... Uh, Name for an outhouse. <laughs> <laughs> so there was this dear, feisty, spunky lady on her way. She was repeating the uh, Heart Sutra over and over again. And she got to the Bodhisattva holds on to nothing but prajna paramita. And at that moment, she awakened her clear mind was there. Everything became clear. And she went to the priest and she made bow and then she sat in front of the Buddha and eventually got up and the community helped her to have a funeral for her family. And she decided to stay at the temple. So, just on her way to the pavilion for relieving anxiety, she awakened in the very moment of just walking and repeating. Her practice was to repeat the Heart Sutra. She got it memorized. So you all have been working with your practice. It's been working on you. 
so that any moment, any very moment, your awakening, your clear mind, perhaps at first just for a moment, and gradually as you keep with your practice and each moment develops. It's not easy. It's easy to be like our dear lunkhead bear friend. Get mixed up about what's what's going on. So when these things come up, these challenges that distract us from our practice, they're really all part of the way. And what... uh, uh, Buddhist teacher, Alan Mocha, who teaches on the East Coast, said after he had survived a plane crash, a small plane crash, with and really burned, his whole body was burned a lot, so he was suffering an immense amount of pain. And he said, when I feel so challenged and so much pain. I become, he said, I'm not, what did he say? I don't tend to quit. I become more intrigued. I just appreciated that, I know. I don't tend to quit. I become more intrigued, more curious. What is this? Arousing in our tradition what's called great doubt, but it's much more than that. It doubt doesn't have the energy that intrigue, curiosity, questioning what it means. So I like to encourage you. We have uh, so much potential to be clear-minded and with our clear mind. We have so much potential to serve. We take care of this great matter so that we can take care of ourselves and others. Master Chino said, it is not that we cannot do it. It is that we do not do it. So let's develop the tendency not to quit, but to become ever more intrigued. It's really needed these days. <laughs>